0: A listener note The safety information discussed in this podcast are our views based on our personal first hand experiences. Each safety situation presents unique risks, and the solutions discussed in this podcast should not take the place of thorough risk assessments or evaluations based on your specific circumstances. Thank you. Welcome to Safe, Efficient, Profitable O Worker Safety Podcast where we break down real problems from real situations and discuss realistic solutions. And here's your host, owner of Allen Safety LLC and CHMM, Joe Allen.
1: Good evening. This is Joe Allen. That's right, this is episode two, and I'm pretty excited we get to do a second one. Now, it is a little bit later at night, because I have a six, six-year-old and a two-year-old, and that means you either record these early in the day or late at night. So I'm going to try a few here at night and see how they go. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we're glad you're here, of course. First episode went pretty good. There's some good information, good feedback, so I'm always trying to make these things a little better. And a real quick recap. The first one, we talked about how to go out as a new manager, look at your processes, uh, perform some kind of evaluation, figure out how you want to manage that, and also just overall who we were. So this one today, yes, get ready. It's lockout, tagout. Yes, I know people are driving down the road listening to this or at their house, and they're really excited right now that we're talking about lockout, tagout. But we are. Now, the reason I picked lockout, tagout is because this particular process is probably the most interesting one to me because I spend a lot of my year dealing with this process, not because of good or bad, just because the overall scope of what it can affect and who it can affect. So I just figured, you know what, if we're going to talk about a subject after you become a new manager and you walk around and kind of figure out what's going on, what's the one thing I would try to pick to probably look at? be lock out tag out. Now, some people call it lock, tag, try or lockout, out and then don't forget the try step. All these kind of things that people talk about, and that's perfectly fine. What we're looking at today is we're trying to see how we're going to do this. So we've already walked the floor. We've already looked at what the production is doing. We've already looked at machinery. We've looked at interactions of equipment and people. And now we're trying to figure out, is there a hazard when it comes to lockout? It, could it be the disconnect? Could it be way they're going to do it? How their body's going to feel as they're moving around from right to left? Are they going to lose balance while they're trying to lock something out? Or do they look like they know what they're doing? Is there, is there locks there? Is there hash there? Are they coded? Are they not? I mean, there's like a whole world that it's telling you when you're looking at it. And what you're trying to do now is figure out, okay, I've got to now get a hold of this somehow and get what I think I saw in the field to some kind of control mechanism or some kind of mechanism that I can manage this moving forward. Now, we're going to mainly look at three things. You're going to look at your program and you're going to look at uh, the training. And I usually look at some annual stuff like verifications or or um, procedure and stuff. We'll talk about that in a second. But the main thing you got to do now is just take a couple minutes and think about what you saw and what you think the hazards could be in regards to lockout. Now, I've spent a lot of time on this subject in multiple places across the country and overseas, and in doing so, there's variations of it, and there's variations of what people believe should or should not be locked out, or times of days things are should or should not be locked out, or even if it should or not. And I go back to first- work with the management team. Let's figure out what our program has in it. If we do have a program and then let's figure out if that program is feasible for the way we're going to perform the task or build a managed business. Now I say that because you can have five plants, for example, or five departments in one plant, either way it's the same. And you can have these. And as you have these, you've got I'm going to do this task and lock it out this way. But maybe during the day, it's locked out one way when they're doing some operations. Maybe during the evening, it's locked out differently when there's maintenance performing a task. And maybe during the weekends when there's electrical work being done, it's locked out differently. Now, most people would say, well, we have a lockout tagout program or we have training, we have all this stuff covered. And I'm not disagreeing. All I'm asking you to do is, as you're there doing your process take a few minutes, go back, open up the program and say to yourself, let me look at what the intent of it is. Yes, the dates are important. We'll talk about that later. And yes, the way it's formatted and there's things you should have it and should not have it. And and yes, that's correct. But the main thing I'm looking at is what is the actual part that's giving me the, the buy-in or the actual part where I know there's going to be something done in a positive manner. So how do I look at that? I'm going to take the program. I'm going to look through that program and find the part where it talks about some type of training. And then I'm going to go try to figure out, does that training make sense? Now, I may go to the training office. I may go to a supervisor. I may go to an office person. I may go to maintenance. I may go to whoever I want to go to that would be working with that piece of equipment. And I want to try to find out... Is the training I think that they need and or a program says they need actually match what they're going to do as an end result? So, for example, I'm a maintenance person. I'm going to lock it out at night. I may use two locks or three locks to do a task, but we may say for operations in our program, they're only allowed to lock out one part of it because of the way the machinery runs or, or something like that. What I want to know from each of those end users, back to like we talked about in episode one, the end user, I want to find out from the end user's can that lock be applied correctly? Does it meet the intent of what they're talking about? And is it really the way you lock it out? Because I've looked at equipment in my career and said, are you sure that's how we lock it out? And then everybody says, absolutely we do. And then you just stand there and wait. And what I'm waiting for is I'll sometimes say, well, what time are you going to lock it out? Well, we lock it out at the end of shift. Great. So I would want to be there at the end of the shift. I'm going to want to watch them lock it out. Now, I'm not saying they're doing it right. I'm not saying they're doing it wrong. I'm not saying it matches the program or anything. All I want to do is part of my initial walkthrough is get an idea of what I think it is. Now I'm getting some kind of baseline to figure out w- what is really going on. Now, as I look at that person or a or piece of equipment and how they work with each other, I want to see how the person moves their body around. Do they move to the right and pull a disconnect, but they put their left hand somewhere that could be close to where the guard is before they get it locked out. Maybe they go to lock out a piece of equipment and the key's not right, or the, the way they try to store it, whether it be around their neck or, or on their waist or on their hand. There's all these things that are going about as they're doing that particular process. And then want to see the order they do it in. Now, this piece of equipment, I'm not too caught up in the procedure at that time. What I'm more interested in, how they use the lock, how many locks I had, how they determined it, how they did the process overall. And then I want to take that information and go back, to my program and say, did I capture that somehow? I'm not saying you don't have 500 piece of equipment. Maybe you have 1,000 piece of equipment. I'm looking at one to start. And that one is my blueprint to tell me at random. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to go out and say, I want machine three, no matter what, you know, at two o'clock, show me how you do it. I don't want to do that. I want to let it take its course, let it be a random. It can be, I go out and say, someone just pick a piece. I want to lock out at at break time because I want to see how it really moves to the program. I'm going to get more information out of that than I will trying to manage it on the front end, even though I'm the manager. And even though I have a program and even though I'm in charge of it, I want to see how it really lives and how it moves. And that will tell me more about lockout overall than anything else I could have done. All right, so now I take the program and I'm like, all right, so now I have this program and it looks amazing. And I'm looking for the weird now. Now I'm looking through and trying to find out something that doesn't make sense. Like maybe it says training is initial and every so many days or when you change your job and you're like but but how many things are you going to be trained on? Because what if that person's job has six different pieces of equipment they're locking out and they're all different? Are we trained on general lockout or are we trained on how to lock out that piece of equipment? What I'm more concerned about is how they lock out the piece of equipment and remove the hazard more than I am about how formalized the training is or how much information they're getting in the training. If the end result is that they didn't, not know how to lock out the piece of equipment correctly, then the training to me is not relevant at that moment because the training concept is to be able to train a person. That person performs a task and that task keeps them from getting hurt. So any variation of that, I'm like, okay, but why are we doing it that way? So I spend more time on the end user, time on how we're going to really do it, during the real time, that we're going to do it. And does the program and the training capture that system or concept somewhere in there? If it doesn't, now I've decided I maybe need to train, uh, change my program up. Now, I'm not going to change my whole program. I'm not going to change all my training. I want to tweak what they have if they have something. Now, if we don't have something, there's all kinds of... Uh, uh, systems out there that can help you do lockout, tag out, and you can do some uh, order systems. You can have people do it in person or however you want to do it. That's fine. I'm more concerned about is the person understanding the concept of the lockout, tag out for the process they're going to be performing, whether it be sometimes a monthly, but a lot of times are daily in the world I live in. So Daily, they should be the system expert at knowing how to lock out that particular piece of equipment because they do it every day. So if I see a a, a weird variable that I wasn't sure of, or if I see something change in the way they did it, the way I thought it should be, or the training doesn't match, then I'm starting my process now of breaking down where I think the gap is. Now what I need to do is I'm just going to do the exercise again. I'm going to walk back out there and I'm going to say, let's pick someone else at random. Let's go pick another piece of equipment. And they're going to go show me and they're going to show me steps. I'm like, all right, I got this. And I'm going to take that data back and do the same process. Now I'm not going to do this airpiece equipment, but now I'm starting to get my mind wrapped around how big is this problem to know where to devote resources, whether it be my time, energy, or trying to get engineering more involved or maintenance, like we talked about the first episode. How do I get more people involved to say how big is this um, situation I'm looking at? Now another thing I'm going to do, I'm going to look at some of the training with the annual verifications. In theory. The person who's performing the task in front of me could have worked there for a year. So I should have initial training for them and I should have some annual training. I want to know on the annual what they were verified on. So if they have a piece of equipment, hydraulic, pneumatic, electrical, whatever the sources are it has, I don't want to see a form that says they were checked on a piece of equipment that only has a plug pulled and it's nothing like the way they do the task. Because then in my world, I'm thinking, okay, if they only did the plug piece equipment and the other piece of equipment has all these other sources, did we really make sure they knew what they were doing? And then I go back to, did we use a piece of equipment like a like and kind and or the procedure itself to go over and say, this is the way we say we're going to do it. Now, if we do the annual validation right and the verification and we say, yep, they're good to go on all the documents and forms are signed. But I notice that the, the system we're looking at or the procedure, or the checkbox or whatever it is, process you want to use, doesn't correlate with the way they lock it out. Now I'm going to say, OK, now my problem has some opportunities in it. Now my training is, a little, I don't know about that so much. And my annual verification is now making me say, uh, how, "How how much is there really going on this right or wrong? It's not that it is legal or illegal or good or bad there's a whole bunch of different ways people do these processes what I'm looking for is end result knows how to do the process so it's done correctly so they don't get hurt and then I go from there so the way I take it is I take all my systems and kind of go all the way to the right so what that means is I work amputations and I work events like that so I would say to myself and I look at of equipment Could they have an amputation on that particular equipment performing that task? And then I try to picture how I think that could happen. And then what I look for is is to try to break down from the moment I thought that happened all the way back to the left. So I will say, okay, they had a guard, was it in place, was the lock correctly. Was it locked out correctly? Was there the right amount of locks, right amount of keys? You know, Did they get the training? But I will break all that down going all the way back to the initial program. And the reason I like to look at the program originally and look at some of the training is those are some of the last pieces when I'm moving to the left. But if those are not done correctly, they affect multitude of things on the right. So the way I look at it is, say you got um, 1 through 10. So you got 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. What I want to know is... If number three is doing it correctly in the lockout tagout process and the whole scheme of how we're going to do it there, and number eight is the way we do it correctly, and number nine is the way we do it correctly, what I want to know is is there any part of the day or any part of the job task make number three, eight, and nine come together and they don't line up? So, what I'm doing is I also want to see when they're doing a particular process, okay, they're locking out, looks great, but on this particular machine, the person stands in front of it, moves to the right, pulls the disconnect, locks it out. The other piece of machinery, they go away from the machinery, have to go around behind the machinery to get to a disconnect and pull the disconnect, and lock it out. According to the procedure or according to the training, according to the program, they both did it 100% correct. But what if the second person had to walk behind equipment that may or may not be guarded perfectly at that moment? What if they have to go through as a trip hazard? What if they have to go around and where they pull the disconnect is hard for them to reach because it's about a foot taller than the other one. So now I'm five foot eight. I would normally reach in front of me or a little bit higher to pull the disconnect. But what if the disconnects higher than that, a foot higher? I would have trouble locking it out now. Now, as I'm having trouble lockout this piece of equipment, my risk, my hazards are different performing lockout than the first person. But the procedure may look the same or the concept's saying, the program saying, the training may be the same. And that's what I'm saying. I spend so much time on... In result end user where the injury could have already happened and then i try to go back left how do i think that it could happen when i'm looking at it and i will catch things like that well this disconnects a foot higher well that would be why there could be a problem there or look there's trip hazards wherever they go so i'm trying to break all that down now i'm not saying in the in the lockout tagout um world that everybody looks at it this way, or that's the intent of lockout or not, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with that or, or the pros and cons to it. I'm just looking at if I ask a person to take a task or a training or a procedure and go physically do that task in a work environment, I just want to make sure the surroundings of that person when they perform that task cannot cause any harm. Now, I can capture that in slip trips and falls. I can capture that in PP assessment. There's a lot of different programs i may want to look at. But at the end of the day, if I've not captured that risk, of that person slip trip from falling, going to the disconnects, we tell them that's where they need a lockout. If I've not captured that risk, using a ladder maybe to get to it, then I have to put that risk into somewhere. And, and I know it sounds a little crazy, but I'll put it in a lockout procedure. I'll be like, you'll need a ladder to do this. Because what I want is I want the person to know this is the world I'm moving into. These are all the real hazards. So that when I pull the disconnect and do the lockout, I don't get hurt getting there, doing the task or leaving. And that's, that's the end goal for me. So that's the way I look at it. So I look at it like first episode, we went out getting assessed to the floors, try to put a plan together. We try to start figuring out how we're going to prioritize, get engineering ops and years involved. Now I'm going to say what I think are, could be some, some items are important to me. Lockout tagout is always important to me. So I would say, all right, let's start with lockout tagout. I would start using those same people that I worked with and say, all right, who's the end user that uh, you are? Great. Well, then can you show me how to do it? And then that person would show me how to do it. And we break down all those steps till we find out where our bigger gaps are. And then hopefully there is no gaps. But if there is then fine, we address it, we talk about it as a team, we figure out what we're going to do. And if we need to tweak a procedure, that's great. If we need to move something out of the way so there's not trip hazards, that's great too. But whatever we got to do, end result, no hazards, performing a task is the goal I'm looking for. All right. So that's um, kind of what we're talking about today. Um, a little bit of lockout stuff. I'm going to do another one. Um, episode three is also going to be about lockout, and we'll talk about some different ideas. But the main thing for these podcasts for me is, is not so much what everyone says is lockout, for example. I, I'm going to spend more time on these podcasts of where the hazards are coming from, where, the, where these trends I'm seeing or how they move in and out, and then how do we Deal with those situations with those different control variables in place. How do we deal with it? And how do we relate that to where we're going to be going? Because I still go to locations almost every week and I still see same piece of equipment and different setups and different designs. So it can't just be one thing fits all. So, what I'm trying to give you with these is a way to look at the picture a little differently and back up a couple of feet and say, how do I do this task? Because, really, if you think about lockout out we're telling someone a we'll lockout tag out, go do this task, and if you do you're you're really great. everything will be fine, and we don't ever want anything in any procedure any task we ask people to do to cause any kind of harm. so that's where we're kind of at today. um like I said, we're gonna do a little more lockout tag out in the next episode. I appreciate you um um joining this one. It is the second one it so, you know it's kind of exciting. we're getting there. we got one done now we're at two. And uh, I've already had some people ask me how many we're going to do. We're going to do them for a while, uh, basically until I kind of run out of data. And I don't know when that's ever going to be. But we're gonna going to keep going this, give you some different ideas of views. I appreciate you um, signing on um, the person, some housekeeping, the person who did the intro was Jen. She is the person who's I'm married to and works with me. And, and, uh, cause she did a great job. It's her idea to put all this together and how to edit it and how we're going to format it. I'm just the one giving out the information and, and trying to give some different ideas there. So she wants me to remind you that, you know, there's some subscribe thing you can do. You can click on it. You can write a review and say, Hey, this is the best thing ever. I love like I tag out. Nothing's better in the morning than wakes me up when I'm driving to work and, or you can say, um, you know, this podcast is really great. And you can tell your friend, it's really great. You know, you need to do it, uh, listen to it also. So I appreciate that. I hope you all have a great day and uh, thank you again for your time.
0: Thank you for listening to safe, efficient, profitable, a worker safety podcast. If you like what you heard here, please take a moment to write us a quick review, like, and subscribe and share our podcast so that others can find us for questions or to request topics that you'd like to hear on our next show. Please visit us at wwwallen safetycom Thank you.